if you read Helen's book during the day, you don't have to stay up all night. <laughs> it, it doesn't take that long. But uh, she wouldn't have time to share today, but God has just done remarkable things in Helen's life. She came from a background of a, an alcoholic father, a mother who was almost constantly in uh, psychiatric hospitals with schizophrenia, uh, a home just of, of absolute poverty and, and dysfunction. And uh, today she's just a glorious, shining child of God. Um, but she also suffered from horrendous postnatal depression. After our first son was born, the doctor told me that uh, she would be in hospital for at least a year. It would be at least two years of antidepressants. But Father in Heaven had some other ideas. He spoke one word one night, and depression fled. She's never even a day of feeling down. 32 years on. <laughs> God is good. God is good. We've we got a lot we want to pack in because we just carry stuff and we want to prophesy, we want to share testimony, we want to teach and we want to heal the sick. So can we fit all that in in 45 minutes? Of course. Uh, of course we can. <clears throat> I hope you can understand our, our accents. We're fairly good. We're from Glasgow. There are some people in Glasgow who I don't understand what they're saying. So, uh, But I felt a couple of things for the church here as I was praying before we came. By the way, it's just great to be here. This is just a lovely church. It's awesome. You get something really special here. So, um, what I just felt the Lord saying before I came was to scroll down. You know, like on a computer screen. You've got a lot of words there, but you're only seeing part of it because it's a longer document and you need to scroll down to see what's down below. I, I, I sense the Lord has given you a, a really big vision. And it's like he's saying, scroll down to the next part. Scroll down to the next part. The other thing I, I sense the Lord just say was the word Ephraim. One of Joseph's sons, one of the tribes, Ephraim, Manasseh and Ephraim, but Joseph's sons. And Ephraim's name means fruitfulness are literally twice fruitful. And I believe the Lord would say to you, twice fruitful. And you need to work out what that means with the Holy Spirit. Um, but you've maybe got an idea. Psalm 105, verse 2 says to, to meditate and speak of all of his wonders. Meditate and speak of all his wonders. And it's just a, one of the great honors I have in my life is to tell the stories of things I've seen God do. Yeah. And we, we don't grow tired of these stories. And I just ask the Holy Spirit, give me a little selection of what testimony you'd have me share that, that's just for here today. And I just want to share a couple of healing testimonies. I want to share a rescuing testimony as well, because Jesus is a wonderful rescuer. <laughs> But I'll tell you a story of, of Lorraine. Lorraine's a girl we, we'd known a little bit, and uh, she went to one of the healing rooms in, in Scotland. She'd been diagnosed for a time with cervical cancer. She was very sick. She was nauseous constantly. Uh, she was a fairly slim woman, but she'd lost a lot of weight. She was just dreadfully thin. And she went along to the healing room. Interestingly, she had her, her young child with her, so she didn't want to say anything about the cancer in front of her child. She took her into the room with her. And so she didn't actually tell the team she had cancer. She just said she had this nausea constantly. And as they prayed, the nausea immediately stopped. It never came back. 
But the thing was, she began to feel really well and started putting on weight. And when she went back to the hospital and saw the consultant who had been dealing with her for quite some while and knew her well, the consultant examined Lorraine and said to her, I can't understand what's happened. There, there is no trace of any cancer in your cervix anymore. It's completely gone. And she said, but, but more than that, what's even more puzzling is there's not even a mark or a scarring or anything that would suggest you ever had cancer. She says, it's like you've been given a brand new cervix. And that, that's a good uh, three, four years ago. Now, we saw Lorraine um, not that long ago. And, and, you know, she was just a picture of health. She looked so well. And it's always good to see people later on and know that these healings have, have been sustained, they've lasted, and the person is walking uh, in, in that health. Um, another one I just felt Lord brought to my mind. A lady came to, to one of our rooms in quite the early days. She'd, uh, two of her discs in her back had slipped and were kind of rubbing on the nerve. She was in horrendous pain. But she managed to get in the car, drive quite a distance to where we were, and she came in just, you know, her face just portrayed absolute agony. Uh, and she sat in the chair and just told us about her back. And we normally ask people to stand to receive prayer. And I just said to her, you know, are you able to stand or what do you want to do? She said, look, it's, it's agony whether I sit or stand, so I'll just stand. And she stood up and we didn't really get to pray. We just kind of said, Father, we just love your presence in this room and just acknowledge God. And we heard this loud crack. And I thought, is that good or is that bad? But when I saw the pain drain away from her face and just a smile appear, I thought, I think it's good. <laughs> it's nice when we don't have to say our, our prayers. You know, we just yeah. stand in the presence of the King uh, and healing appears. And God's just a wonderful rescuer. I just feel to tell you an amazing story from uh, back when we were in the, the, the Baptist church. Uh, there was a young woman came to our church. She just came and cried for six weeks and got herself thoroughly saved through that through that process. Uh, and she's gone on great in the Lord today, many years later. But she would come to our prayer meeting, and, and she just pestered us to pray for her friend, a friend called Debbie. And she would say to us every week, pray for Debbie. She's in a real state. She's doing drugs. She's with this guy that's just treating her horrendously. And uh, week by week, she'd tell us more just what was going on. There was one time when this, this guy treated her so bad, he actually took her one night, out, out at night, he put a rope around her neck and hung her from a tree and left her for dead. But she survived it. And so we're just praying for this girl, Debbie. We, we'd never met her. We didn't know what she looked like or anything. And, uh, and about a year or two later, uh, we were running these city celebrations in, in Glasgow. And I'd said to two or three of the pastors, look, it'd be great to have a couple of really good testimonies. And uh, one of the guys says, well, I've got a couple of folk in my church, a brother and sister, and uh, both just, you know, real great testimonies how God rescued them. So they get up, and this girl's up standing at the front, in front of a thousand people, sharing her story. And as she shares the story and goes into details of it, we begin to think, it's Debbie. <laughs> it's her. And here's this, this girl. She tells the story of being left for dead, all the rest of it. And she's standing there just absolutely glowing in the presence of the Lord. And, uh, you know, Jesus is the divine rescuer. And nobody's beyond his reach. Nobody's beyond his reach. Nobody's beyond the desire of his heart to reach out to the wonders of God. The wonders of God. We've just seen God's wonders in, in provision over the years. And, you know, as God takes you guys into a new stage of, of development and new challenges, we've just found, just in our little ways of living, that God is just an amazing provider. 
And uh, we saw that in many ways in our early years of just even while I was training for ministry. But 16 years ago, the Lord told us to step out from pastoral ministry, uh, to, to give up the salary, to, to leave the church house we lived in. He said, just step out, step out the boat. You won't drown. He clearly instructed me, don't ask anyone to support you. Don't ask for money. Don't write any letters. Don't do anything. Just trust me. 16 years on, we've paid every bill. We've no debt, not even a penny of debt. We own our own house. And uh, God has just been faithful again and again and again. And, you know, again and again, we've had bills. And it doesn't matter whether it's for £10, £100 or £1,000. If you've not got it, you've not got it. And we'd get bills in and, you know, we think, oh, well, we've nothing to pay that with. And the next moment a check comes through the door for the same amount. And it just happens again and again and again. And God is a provider. He's a provider. He's a good shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. You do not live in neediness. You're not a needy person. You are a provided for person by the good shepherd. The good shepherd. Hallelujah. Just want to prophesy over a couple of folks as we, as we begin. Uh, the, the gentleman here who took up the offering, Helen would like to prophesy over you. Come on up. <laughs> it's probably good. Uh, don't, listen, don't pay any attention to what Mike Robinson says. Seriously. What's your name? Adrian. Adrian. Bless you, Adrian. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for Adrian. I thank you for your son. Whoa. Father, I thank you that right now in this season, Father, that you are circling all around him in your presence. I thank you, Father God, that you are just sweeping everything clean and that all the old things have passed and it is a new beginning, it's a new way, it's a new day, it's a new season. Adrian, you have been faithful, you have been faithful, you have been faithful. You have stood the the test of time. I see you, that you are standing strong. You are standing strong. You are one who looks out over the sea and you can see what God is doing and what is coming in. And you are an usherer of his presence. And I see you, you're standing like you're you're just standing on the ocean looking out and you can tell and you can warn when the, the waves are coming and when the good waves are coming and when you have to surf and when you have to ride in it and when you have to stay out of the out of the ocean and to stay clear because you are strong and you hear you hear God wisely and you hear God really close and the Lord says that right now he's put binoculars onto your eyes he's put binoculars into your eyes because you have been seeing in the spirit and right now he's clarifying you he's clarifying you and he's tuning you finally in so clearly that these goggles that you can see right far these binoculars you can see with he's giving you binoculars to see in the night season he's giving you goggles that you can swim in deep 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 in the ocean there is a new way for you to swim you've seen many things you've seen many things and you've been faithful and you've tested them and you've tried them and you've been anointed to see but right now the Lord says to you son I am taking you deeper 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 into my ocean these goggles that you have on your eyes it's like you're a scuba diver going deep into the ocean and you're going to see all the fish and you're going to catch them up and bring them to the surface. You're a catcher of fish. You're a catcher of fish. You're a catcher of fish. You're a catcher of the prophetic. There is eyes to see in all that God is doing. So not only are you going to bring fish in, whoa, lots and lots of fish, but you're going to see what God is doing in their lives and that prophetic anointing is going to see so clearly that it's going to impact people's lives. Thank you, Lord. Just have a look around. Okay. 
the young lady here with your Bible open. Uh, could you come forward? I just felt during the worship the Lord just drew my attention to you and um, it just began to speak about you. What, what's your name? Amanda. 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 I just bless you, Amanda. I just felt the Lord say that he's bringing a real release around your life, that there's been a time where things have been hard. I sense like a despairing spirit has tried to come upon you to bring despair into your life. And the Lord says, I am your rescuer and I am delivering you from that despairing spirit. It is sought to weigh you down. It's sought to make you sad. It's sought to crush you in different ways. But the Lord is saying, it does not have victory over you, Amanda. Despair does not have victory over you. And the Lord is going to release the garment of praise upon you. He's going to release something deep in your spirit. He's bringing forth the well that is in you. For you're his precious child who he's built much in. Much in. You're actually doing much better than you think you are. You've been through difficult circumstances. Around you it's been hard and you felt you're struggling. But actually the Lord says, my child, you've been doing very, very well through all this. And the Lord has built a deep well within you. A deep place of resource. And out of that is going to spring forth such praise, such worship, such anointing that the enemy is going to flee from you. And I just see release and I prophesy that over you. I declare release is coming around about your life. Release of divine favor is coming all around your life. So I bless you, Amanda, today. May the favor of the Lord bring such release to you. We command that despairing spirit to be removed so far from you and never return. And we call forth the joy, the gladness, and the praises of God to fill your heart and flow forth from you in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless you. Hallelujah. Hello. What's your name? Denise. Are you together or not? I felt as I came up to pray over the other gentleman that I just saw you and I felt the Lord was saying, hip, hip, hooray, it's a happy day. Hip, hip, hooray, it's a happy day. And the Lord's bringing you into such an anointing and in a time of joy and of revelation of his spirit. There's been good times and there's been bad times in your life, but the Lord says today, right now, hip, hip, hooray, it's a happy day. And he is going to pour out resources from heaven upon your life right now. There's things that you've been struggling with and financially and over things. And the Lord says that he is pouring out right now his abundant life over you, over you. And you're stepping into more of his goodness, more of his goodness. It's like you've been in the, the land and struggling. And right now you're going into the land flowing with milk and honey, milk and honey, and surely you will taste and see that God is good. I have brought you to this place right now to see the steadfast mercies which are new every morning, new every morning. I have planted your feet here right now because you're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living in this place. Because there's abundant showers in this place, there's resources pouring into this place, and as the Lord's pouring in the resources and he's planted you here, you're going to see and be part, part of the 
flourishing, part of the flourishing, part of the crop, part of the blessing that is here right now. So you are part of this here right now because of this time right now and this situation in your life. And so, Father God, I bless them. I bless them, Lord. I bless them for joy evermore. Joy evermore, Lord. Lord, that you would give to them, Lord. Lord, you would give to them, Lord, the gift of joy and blessing evermore, Lord. For everything else that is washed over them right now, we wash over them right now with the joy and the outpouring and the overflowing of the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And your poster that you had, that you'd carrying up for the baking, for the thing, I saw that poster somewhere. I don't know if it was when we came in here or just before. And I really felt the Lord said, I'm in that, Helen. And the church should be part of it. Oh, and the Lord's got a plan for that right now. And even though Karen was calling on for you to bake, you know, to bake a cake, you need all the right ingredients. And the Lord was saying, I'm in all the right ingredients for that. And I'm going to pour out my blessing on that. So I would encourage you, get along and see what God is going to do because he is in that fair right now in this place. And he's putting in seeds into that soil that are going to bud up and are going to bring provision and going to bring growth and bring unity in this area. So get forth and get ready and get behind it because the Lord is building in this area right now unity and he's watering the plants and the seeds and he's watering the land and he's saying the crop is going to bud forth but it's unity and I'm calling them all together to work together to work together for peace peace, blessed unity thank you Lord and I saw this church that you've been really growing and you're getting really blessed and it's like like your ceiling it's almost like the ceiling it's too low for you it's like you platformed here and I saw the Lord adding an extension onto you in the spirit that was like a, a big big extension shaped like a steeple and it's going to be although you're called the lighthouse it's going to be like a beacon out in this area that you're going to flourish and people are going to see and they're going to come and they're going to gather because of what God is doing so this you've actually although you've been really moving in the spirit it's like right now you're leveling because of what God's doing and he's going to add on to you more so you need to get ready, guys. You need to get ready for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is coming in this place. You need to start lifting your eyes and see what God is doing in this place. He's going to bring many people to you. He's going to bring people who have got good, solid jobs. He's going to bring people who are educated. And he's going to bring the poor and the needy. And together, you're going to work together because he's the God of all family. He's the God of all family. He's the God of all creation. And he's calling in. He's calling the rich and the poor, he's calling in the weak and the strong, he's calling in those who have good sound mind and those who are struggling and together you're going to father, you're going to mother, you're going to bless and you're going to know what it really is to be a family loved by the truth of God Hallelujah Hallelujah Yeah, be blessed be fruitful very, very fruitful I want to teach a little bit, just in line with where you're going about honour um, at this time. And I'm going to read a couple of verses that will be well known to you, I'm sure, from 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 16 and 17. And uh, I think we've got some slides should come up, so just our, our kind of title slide, just called this Grace Recognition. Grace Recognition. So, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one 
according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When Father gave Lorraine a brand new cervix, it's just a little token of the brand new that he gives to us all. New creation. A new creation. And God calls you this morning his favorite. You're his favorite. I'm his favorite too. We're all his favorites. A favorite's a person that lives in the land of favor. You're a favorite. Hey, you're sharp down here on the south coast. And you know, we can all live as his favorite when we don't live under the spirit of competition and the spirit of comparison. You see, being a favorite in the world's eyes, the favorite's the one that stands out in a horse race, and I know nothing about horse racing, but in a horse race, the favorite is it's going to be one, isn't it? You know, generally it's one. There can be a co-favorite, I think, but there's a favorite, and therefore the rest aren't favorites. But in the kingdom of God, a favorite doesn't mean you're better than anyone. It just means you live in the unlimited favor that the Father has for us. There's so much favor that can't be measured, can't be counted, that we can all be favorites. Our world that we've all grown up in and have to, to live in, in some degree, our world operates a system of competition and comparison. You see it in business. You see it in sport. You see it in, in all, all areas of life. Folk are comparing themselves to others. Is my hair as nice as hers? Am I as fat as him? As long as there's somebody fatter than you, you don't feel so bad. You see, you compare yourself. It's not a good thing. And we compete because we've been schooled in that to some degree. Some of us maybe were blessed with families where we were treated as favorites. Where we were all favorites. They used to tell me I was a spoilt one because I was the youngest. They always say that about the youngest, don't they? My, my older son and daughter, my son and my older daughter say that about their little sister, you know. You were the fair, you were the little spoilt one. But it's not true. <laughs> They're all favorites. But you know, we were, many of us brought up in situations where there was competition comparison. And you were told, you'll not be like your brother. You were told, you'll not fill your sister's shoes, eh, Helen? You wouldn't want to now, would you? You've gone way ahead. <laughs> and so, whether it was at school, whether it's now in the workplace, wherever we, we've come under, we've been affected by this spirit of competition and comparison. But Galatians 4 talks about how Christ has redeemed us from under the law, somebody shared about that this morning, Christ has redeemed us from under the law with its slavery to judgment and performing. And so when we come out from under 
judging, we come out from that spirit of comparison. When we come out from performing, we come out from that spirit of competition. We're redeemed to be sons. Don't you just love that song, No Longer Slaves to Fear? And we can have fear of many things, but you know, one of the greatest fears we need release from is the fear of what other people think about us. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. We're redeemed to be sons. All of us, ladies too, redeemed to be sons, beloved. percent of the population to reach I think there's enough for us all to go out there and gather some fruit and yet churches get insecure and jealous and oh we left our church and went there and they get all hot and bothered about these things we used to run a, a kind of pastor's prayer you know we were very into unity in our city and we used to gather pastors to pray together and I remember one guy came from the states to plant a church in Glasgow and he turned up at this pastor's meeting and we're, we're having coffee and talking and I'm just a nice guy. So I went up and spoke to him. And, and I said to him, I'd, I'd love to come and see you sometime. So he kind of invited me down to his house. And I get there and, and we actually get on just great. And we became really good friends. But he told me a little while after, he said that when he went home from that meeting that day, he says to his wife, you know what's happened? Here we go. They've assigned one of the pastors to come and see me and tell me I'm not welcome planning a church in the city. That was the experiences he'd had before. And he thought I was coming to say to him, get out of town. This town ain't big enough for you as well. And I thought, oh, nothing was further from the truth. I wanted his success. But we've sometimes been so used to this spirit of competition. And God wants to free us from competing with each other. So we fight the real battle together. You know, I used to say to our, our leaders in Glasgow, no one church is going to take this city. No matter who you think you are, no one church is going to take this city. But together, together, we rejoice at each other's successes and victories. But you see, when you know you're God's favorite, nobody threatens you. Insecurity has dealt a death blow. When you know you're God's favorite, you don't have to prove anything. You don't have to compete. You don't have to prove yourself because Jesus pro- proved you worthy of his blood shed on the cross. And free from comparison. How we so compare ourselves to others. How the world so does this. And set standards that we find hard to attain. Just let them all go. What do these verses say to us? Regard no one according to the flesh. And what that means is stop evaluating others and stop evaluating yourselves by the world's standards and values and views. Free from comparison. 
Don't look at others with envy or fault finding. We don't need to, to boast about ourselves in any way, nor do we need to pretend. Grace comes in. Grace disarms our defensiveness. You know, many of us have grown up very defensive. But grace comes in and just slowly disarms defensiveness. What you build, you need to defend. What Jesus built by grace, you defend. Because grace just saturates our lives, our hearts. We just let go any defensiveness. And grace makes our pretenses unnecessary. And God is just calling His church to move, to shift. I think this is the third slide. To shift from a fault-finding mindset or mentality to a grace-recognizing mentality. You see, our mind is schooled through this world to look at what's wrong. If what's wrong with something, it needs fixed. We notice when something's wrong with our car because it makes a funny noise. But we don't drive along most days thinking, my, my car's working fine. But we notice when something's wrong. Our mind is trained and schooled into finding fault. And if we go down that road, we become fault finders. Pointing out what's wrong. But God wants to shift us, totally shift us, that we don't just not find fault, but we go right the whole other way and we become grace recognizers. We start recognizing where grace is at work in people's lives. And you know, that's a great deal of what we just do in, in, the, in the, prof, the prophetic. So just, if we put up the, the fourth slide. We're recognizing the grace. We regard according to the spirit, not the flesh. So instead of being used to seeing and identifying weaknesses and faults, now we see in the spirit and we call out greatness. You are a new creation. The Spirit of the living God lives inside you. There is greatness within you that's been given by the grace of God. There's a greatness of purpose within you. There are great exploits waiting to be unleashed from your life. We had a, a lady brought her daughter into a healing room one day a long time ago. Her daughter was suffering from depression, young woman, just maybe early, very early 20s. And um, the team prayed for her. That girl has recently done a kingdom mentoring. And uh, the mother at the end, one of the team said, what about you, dear? You know, you could do some prayer. You look pretty stressed out. And I said, oh, okay. And she'd come from a church background where they didn't go home. sometimes folk come back sometimes they come back after they've been healed you see and we say why have you come back and they say I just like it here <laughs> and uh, she came back and, and somebody said to her you know why don't you get involved so she came in a training course and she became a volunteer in the rooms 
Uh, and then she got us down to her town, which is a little bit outside of Glasgow. She got us down to her town and she organized a training course and she got a healing room opened in her town. And her husband was just about to retire and they were going to move up to a beautiful part of the world in, in Perthshire. They live up a mountain. And uh, so she goes to this new place and now she's just, she's just caught it, you see. She's a woman who just used to sit in church as a fairly nominal Christian. And she's got one healing room opened, so she, she moves house. What does she do? She gets us up to do a training, and she gets another healing room opened. And since then, she's opened another two in that area. She's been responsible for opening four healing rooms. She got me to baptize her in the River Tay. I'll tell you, it's mighty cold in the River Tay. <laughs> and then we went back to visit. We had a couple of were over doing a conference in the States, and we took them up because it's such a beautiful part of the world. We took them up. He's going to live up the mountain for a couple of days and they fed us haggis and all sorts. He played his bagpipes for them and everything. My goodness, it was great. But he chaps my door. Well, he, he was going to chat my door at four in the morning, but he spoke to me as I got up at seven in the morning. And he says, can I ask you a favor? And Angus had been quite a kind of nominal believer, really. And I said, well, that will depend what it is, Angus. And he says, I want you to baptize me today. I felt the Lord woke me up at four in the morning and said, get baptized today. So back down to the River Tay we go. It was pouring with rain. didn't matter to us. We were going to get wet anyway. And they just made a few phone calls and there was a whole bunch of folk there and somebody organized their house for hot showers, somebody else for uh, tea and scones. You know, they did just done marvelous. And so I baptized the two of them in the River Tay. And, uh, you know, this Lady Isabel, she took her daughter in for prayer one day. She had no idea the greatness that God had placed into her heart. The potential that was lying there waiting to get drawn out to open healing room after healing room to see people getting healed and set free across Scotland. And then she goes out to Tanzania. And uh, they were taking, they'd been on holiday and they, they saw that kind of need out there and they went back and they took money and they, they bought water storage tanks because that's what the villages needed. And they took these water storage tanks and, and um, at the end of presenting them to the villagers, they got up and said a bit about why they'd done this because of the love of Christ. And would anybody like prayer for healing? And the whole village came out and got prayed for. And on the way back, they go into a souvenir shop by, by the airport. And they're just buying one or two things. And they, they, they get talking to this guy. And, and he says he's deaf in one ear, an African fellow. He's deaf in one ear. And so they say, can we just pray and let's see what Jesus might do for you? So they pray for him and his deaf ear opens and he begins to hear. And in this souvenir shop, a queue of, of Africans come. All the tourists are looking like, what on earth is going on? This queue of Africans come and they're praying healing over one after the next. And, you know, Isabel would be the first to say, I just think back three, four years ago, I was doing nothing in the kingdom. I went along to church on a Sunday morning out of duty. And now I'm seeing the sick healed. I'm seeing the deaf hearing. I'm seeing God just open up whole new things. God has great exploits inside of you, waiting to come forth. Every single one of you. So relate to the new creation, not the old. Paul says the old has gone. Just say bye-bye. Why relate to something that's no longer there? But, you know, we do that. We look at ourselves almost as if we we're this sort of half old and half new. That's not what the Bible teaches. It says you are a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. 
And so we have to regard and relate to ourselves and to each other as who we are and are fully becoming as new creations, not as who we were before. We used to travel quite a bit into Ireland and in Northern Ireland. We stayed with this couple a few times. And uh, when we went at first, William was, he was really struggling. He had a problem with drink. And um, in his church, William was regarded as the kind of guy, well, William always struggles. William needs a lot of encouragement. Poor little William. You know, William had a hard time. William drinks too much. And we've got to keep an eye on William. And, and we saw greatness in William. And, and he, he related to us. He, he kind of liked us, I think. And he just kind of started getting hold of some of the stuff we were carrying and teaching about. And after a little while, they, they said to us one time, we're going to move to Scotland. And uh, they started planning coming over, moving over to Scotland. And I said to William, I said, when you come to Scotland, William... Don't be who you were here. Be who you now know you are as a man of God. And when he came to Scotland, he's not touched drink. He got involved in healing rooms. He got involved in our prison ministry. He got involved in the city mission. He's just a different person. But you see, when we're in a place of familiarity, where folk know us and they know who we were, sometimes they speak to us in a way, we speak to one another in ways that hold us back as the, who we were. It's not who you were, it's who Christ now has made you to be. And sometimes we can pull one another back. Sometimes we have to get out of the camp of familiarity. I had to leave the church I grew up in because I was always just a wee boy. And when I started to get an anointing to preach and do things, occasionally they let me have a little shot, but let the wee boy have a shot and see how he does. Well, the wee boy had to leave. But eventually, years later, they invited me back as a man. And they recognized the anointing and the gifting. But sometimes we can hold one another down. If we regard and relate to the flesh, we pull back into the old. But we need to relate in the spirit. Where we free and encourage one another to become and live out who we truly are now. And so finally, we rise up. Rise up to live out who we are together. Love the new creation that Christ has made you. It's okay to love yourself. Because you love the new creation that he has made you. And then, as we rise up in that and give that full expression, we can love others. We love our neighbor as ourselves, with a confidence and without fear. So speak to the new creation in your own life, in one another. Speak to the new creation. Call it forth. Call forth who we truly are. And know that you're the Father's favorites. So expect some favor in your life. And enjoy his favor. Let things shift around you in your favor. And I want to give you a declaration. I know you're a church that likes declaration. So our final slide is a, a declaration of, Read it through first. Don't just declare something until you've read it and thought about it for a moment. So, in a few moments, we'll stand. And if you will, renounce the spirit of competition and comparison. Because it's a worldly spirit. You don't have to live under that. <laughs> and then, make this declaration. I will not be fashioned and controlled by how I think others have regarded me. 
See, it's not always what people actually think of us. It's what we think they think of us that affects and can control us. Control is a horrible thing, isn't it? I will be who Christ now sees me as, calls me to be, and enables me to become. So if you agree with that, new creations, let's stand. <laughs> oh, <I> love her. <laughs> So let's say it. I renounce the spirit of competition and comparison. I will not be fashioned and controlled by how I think others have regarded me. I will be who Christ now sees me as, calls me to be, and enables me to become. Let's remain on our feet. Let's say the worship guys up. Let's just begin to play a little. Hallelujah. Shakuramanda Besinde. The Lord told me many years ago, loose healing is a sign of the kingdom. So I just want to loose that over you today. An anointing of healing. If you need healing in your body, if you need healing in your mind, if you need healing in any way, ask the Father today. And just receive, I loose the anointing of healing in the name of Jesus the healer upon this gathering. Mm. Yeah, just come Holy Spirit. Just go after that infirmity now. Go after that sickness. Just loose your anointing around this place, Lord. Loose your anointing. Freedom. Freedom. Whoa. Jesus, there's freedom coming. There's freedom coming. There's healing coming. I just want to bless you. <laughs> Come, Holy Spirit, just fill your daughter. Fill her. Let the life of Jesus just bubble up within you to just a whole new measure. Just bubble forth with fullness of life. Fullness of life. It does not matter what anyone has said of you in the past, what anyone has thought of you, what you've thought of yourself at times in the past. We cast all that into the very pit now in Jesus' name. And I call you forth, beautiful daughter, beautiful, beloved child of God. I call you to rise up and to shine. I call you to be strong. You will be solid and stable and strong in the Lord. And you will do mighty things for Him. I release you in the power of the Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name. Just release more of your impartation. More of your impartation. I bless your daughter, Lord. I thank you for the strength that you're giving her. Oh, may she become even stronger than she was before this illness. Even stronger. Running! Running with a vision! No stopping her. No stopping her. Mm.
just want to bless you guys. I just, I just see such an anointing of the Lord on you, such a presence. You just carry the presence of Jesus so well upon your lives. You just carry his character, who he is. Uh, and I just see a real kind of missionary anointing. It doesn't necessarily mean you're sent to lots of far off places, but there just is such a missionary anointing to win many people to Jesus upon your life. So I bless that within you. I bless you. I bless you. It's mighty in the Lord. Mighty in the Lord. Mighty in the Lord. Yeah. Just cast off everything that has been spoken over you. Everything you've spoken over yourself that is of the old, it's of the flesh. Just let it go. Opinions of others that were expressed towards you. They do not hold you. They do not control you. Let them die today in the name of Jesus. You are a new creation. Created in righteousness. Shabakurabasindai. And if you need healing in, in your body or in your mind, you, you've heard testimony today. God heals depression. God heals mental illness. God heals bodies. He can give brand new body parts. So as you've heard that testimony, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. He can do it again right here today. So if you want and believe for physical healing or mental healing or some form of healing in your body, mind, soul, just come and come down the front if you will and we'll get the ministry team guys to come and, and help us. Just spread out as best you can. So, ministry team, I wonder if you could help us in this way that Hell and I are just going to move very quickly along the roads and just release a blessing of anointing. And uh, you guys in the ministry team, just follow along and just feel free, you know, if you feel the Lord just stop you at one, just to take a little time to, to minister to them. So it's a, a lot of folks. And sometimes God just works through that touch, that just... Sudden touch other times, he takes a little bit of time. So if you guys just be sensitive to who you need to just kind of dwell with for a few moments. So Father, we thank you for the healing power that is in the name of Jesus. And so we just release healing anointing right now. Healing and freedom, let it come forth in you. Healing power of Jesus. Come forth in you now. 
receive his anointing. Mm. <laughs> Power of the Lord just rest upon you. Ooh. Let healing come. Healing come. Just receive that anointing. Receive it now, the anointing of the Lord. <laughs> 